Hi, I'm Malcolm Hawker, and this is the CDO Matters Podcast, the show where I dig deep into the strategic insights, best practices, and practical recommendations that modern data leaders need to help their organizations become truly data-driven. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions with data, IT, and business leaders to learn about the CDO matters that are top of mind for today's chief data officers. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time it is, wherever you are and wherever you're listening to us. I'm Malcolm Hawker. I am the host of the CDO Matters podcast. I'm thrilled you're taking time out of your day to join us today. Uh, I'm joined by Mr. Doug Kimball, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of Onto Text. Uh, today, we're going to talk about graph. What's graph? Why should you care? You're a CDO. You're hearing a little bit about graph. Um, what do you need to know? Um, why is it different? Why was it all the buzz at a lot of the industry events you may have been attending recently? So that's going to be the topic. And I'm excited to dive into this because, frankly, I want to learn more. I think I've got a reasonably decent understanding here, but I'm looking forward to learning some more. Um, I met Doug. I think I first met you. I, I want to say when you were at Stebo Systems and I was your yeah. analyst at Gartner. I, we may have met one or times before no, I think that was our first, our first, uh, actually, formal. I, I think it's hard. to. Yeah. Do. Yeah. So that would have been maybe almost three years ago now. So, so Doug was pre- previously at a company called Stebo. Some people say Stebo. I've heard others say Stibo. I've heard everything in between. Yes. And it, and some people forget the systems part too. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, what, so, but what did the, what did the, like the, the Stibo Stebo people actually say? What Stibo, is, Stibo, Stibo. Stibo. Okay. Well, it's yeah. a Danish company. So I would assume right. that it would be a hard eye, right? Right. Steve, yeah. Um, so first met there, I uh, had a relationship because I was your analyst at Gardner. Yep. Um, and we had many briefings and many inquiries. And now we've both moved on. Um, so thanks for coming, Doug. Really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I mean, it was fun to actually put a face to the name when we met in Orlando, too. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> of course, with me, I don't know, but I can't speak about you, Doug. But for me, it was, you know, I ran into people in the bar. Um, and I, it was like a Sunday night and, yeah. uh, it was you, me, Cindy House and, and John Thompson, right. um, which is a bit of a ragtag kind of LinkedIn crew. I don't know. I don't even know how that all came together, but it was, I it felt was, like I was surrounded by data, data royalty. It was kind of fun. It was, yeah, exactly. It, it, well, especially John and Cindy, right? It's like, yeah. yeah, great way to describe it, right? Like, like, uh, data royalty. Um, John's like written like a hundred books and Cindy's been a re- written books and been around ex Gartner analyst as, as well, mm-hmm. but like really re- well regarded, like everything she's ever done. And, and there's, there's you and me kind of, you know, uh, batting maybe a little bit of cleanup or I can only see like that for myself, but, yeah. but anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good fun. event. So speaking of Gartner, um, I had predicted this in advance and I think I was largely correct, but I heard a lot about graphic Gartner. I heard a lot of graph at the last Gartner, and I've been hearing more and more and more about it. Doug, give us the 80,000 feet CDO, CIO. Well, okay. So first of all, tell us about OntoText, because I, I want sure. I want to hear about more about your company, what you do. And yeah. then from there, give us the elevator pitch of, of graph. Sure. Uh, that sounds good. So yeah, Doug Kimball, as we've said before, the Chief Marketing Officer at OntoText. Uh, the name may be less well known than what it is we mainly deliver, which is GraphDB. 
So sometimes we hear GraphDB, oh, that's the company. So we are a knowledge graph company. We've been around for 20 plus years, focusing on semantic knowledge graphs, doing a lot of different things, a lot of different modules into that. So um, pretty excited to take the background I've had in data management throughout the years before Stevo Systems with Nielsen Company, UC CNET, et cetera, and just see how it all comes together, which has been pretty exciting. So, um, and the same, when I was at the, the Gartner Conference, and I was just at a conference this week in Chicago, a medical conference, uh, and graph and knowledge graph and semantics and ontologies, which I never heard that word until I came here, uh, are getting a lot more buzz. And metadata, we, we forgot to talk about metadata. I'm hearing more and more about metadata at these conferences we're going to and the inquiries we're, we're getting. Um, so that's where I think the interest in, in graph technologies is coming in. So looking at that hat of how do I explain what they are, graph technologies are a way to store data, to manage the processes of connecting all these and putting it in more of a graphical way to represent the data. We're, we're so used to relational databases, we got this nice little ordered table what if you have more than one data source? Most likely anybody we're talking to has more than one data source. So knowledge graphs are really, sorry, sorry, graph databases, let's start there, are very, very good at representing the connections between all these different data sources and then understanding the relationships between them. So it's now you, you bring data together to have information, not just a bunch of just, you know, different data points. So it's from, a, you know, with the CDO hat on looking at, you've got, complex data, complex technology, complex systems. Um, how do you want to represent that data in a way that can show and manage those relationships most effectively? That's one of the key things I look at from graph. So, so okay, so it's not rows and columns, no. right? Like that's, that, that's old school tabular rows and columns, traditional database management systems. So, so it's not that, it's a way of managing data. So I, I, heard, I heard two things there. One is a way of kind of managing data and and pers persisting data, a way of storing it, and, and, mm -hmm. and how it would be stored as, I assume, is is these collection of, of relationships. That's one thing that I heard. And the other thing that I heard is another way of displaying it um, or visualizing it, perhaps, which is a little more node-based or mm -hmm. hierarchically-based. Is Would you agree with what I just said? Yeah, no, and, and you know, collecting the node, you know, there's nodes and edges. So you got nodes that describe data, edges that describe the relationships between them. Um, and some of graph databases have visualization elements as a part of that. Some of them you put mm. visualization tools also. And so it depends. There's a lot of different ways you can look at a graph database and a graph graph system to pull that together. But no, it's, you know, the best way to look at that, again, with tabular data, you really can't represent many-to-many -many data relationships very effective mm. you know maybe you create this whole you know this tabular one and you try to stuck another tab it doesn't work you, how do you make those connections so when you've got many to many or even many to many to many relationships graph databases are, are the the only way to go so when you say relationship i assume that could be anything right like like it could be a relationship like a an interpersonal relationship like a family mm -hmm. me related to somebody else like literally a, a familial relationship right but i think the relationships you're, you're talking about here could be anything like as as a as a rivet relates to a pair of jeans or as a door handle or a car handle relates to a car right it's anything like right. that and you could extend that to, to also now prevent confusion so rivet you know could be a part of a jeans or a rivet could be part of a building information management system because now you have to understand where does that rivet, those particular measurements in this particular case, fit into that particular part of a building information management system. 
And where else is that rivet being used? What other parts go to that rivet? So now you've got multiple connections. So, but you also have to have the ontologies, the knowledge on top of that to understand that a rivet used in a building is very different from a rivet used in a pair of jeans. But you can take the jeans example the same way. There's blue jeans, dark blue jeans, what kind of chemical wash was used. And now you get these complex relationships that you can only represent effectively, represent and also query effectively in a graph database. Okay, so we'll talk about querying a little bit because um, I think that's that's a, that's a part of this and it starts to get into skills and it starts to get into to, to what you need to know to, to, to actually deploy one. But let, let's talk about the a data a little bit more. You talked about like these edges, uh, connect, connecting connecting the nodes. So the edges would describe the relationship. Do they do they describe like anything like the the strength of a relationship? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Is there is yeah. there is there a way of of saying this one is strongly related to another based on like how many times this comes up in a, in a data set? You can you can you can attribute so you can put attributes on them and processes that relate to that. Um, I'm trying to think back to what I've done with research and RDF to understand if you can do it from that perspective or not. I'm not 100% sure if okay. you can build the strength on that. So I'm probably I'm probably missing in my education. So I, I think the answer may be yes. I was leading I the witnesses just, just just a little just a little bit because if it if that relationship shows up a hundred times. Right. In a given data set versus one time in a data set. I mean, there, there's some there's something that is useful there, right? About that, that would yeah. say, okay, this happens a lot, right? And that's Just, where things like fraud detection become a very good exactly use case yeah. for graph databases because if, yeah. it, if Malcolm Hawker keeps showing up all these different bank accounts in Florida, which would make sense, in the Tennessee and other places, now it doesn't start to make so much sense. And Illinois, right. I'm in Oklahoma. Malcolm Hawker opened one up in Oklahoma where I live. Right. The graph database goes, wait a minute, and there's it's a novel. He opens up one. Right. Yeah. Good so, point. so you're kind of dovetailing into the, the 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 use cases here that are that are really well supported by graph. So, and what I've seen over the last few years is that, or what I've been told is, as far as I know, it, the graph is not necessarily that new per no. se. Knock knock. Right. Um, but that the use cases that it is very very good at have really kind of exploded, particularly around the digital transformation. Is it, it, would you agree? Definitely. I mean, I think that. The easy one, and I'm sorry to bring it up, is ChatGPT. Have you heard okay, of it? Okay, good one. No, no, no. No, everybody's talking about it. We should talk about it too. We don't want to be left yeah. behind. And large language models. So I, I, yeah. the only reason I bring it up is because I think it, and Graph is now gone, starting to get into mainstream adoption. And now people understand it. So when I, when, you, when I first took my job and trying to explain what the heck it is that I do, which I'm still figuring out, I think, is I say, have you used Google? You know, uh, duh. Have you used, you know, anything like you know, DBpedia or Uber? All these things that have that graph technology that's embedded in all that, oh, you start to nod the head. People are starting to realize what graph technology is. I think things like ChatGPT, generative AI, large language models, all those things. I mean, I, at the show I just had this week, I saw at least five or 10 billboards. I didn't look that hard that said AI, generative AI, or, or GPT capabilities built into their thing. So that I think raises the understanding that this stuff, this data stuff, apparently is really important. Uh, even more to even more ab you know, average people. I hate using that term, but well, so I I don't think I know what the underlying data model is on ChatGPT. I mean, I I I it's open source. Maybe I should. Um, right. I, I don't know, but I, I think you're you're using that as an example to express kind of the power of of relationships and how right. words or phrases might relate to to each other. When when it comes to kind of deploying 
I mean, is is it is it common for your clients? I mean, this is not this is not an all or none, right? It's it's not right. like I need to go flush my entire whatever million dollar investment in traditional database management systems and traditional persistence. I mean, I mean, I assume that for a lot of your clients, this is a net new deployment for a net new use case, correct? Right. And those and those databases don't go away. I mean, you, you've got you know organizations have invested massive amounts of money in these databases. That's fine. But can all these databases be connected? Going back to the, the other query kind of thing I touched on, can you get the information out of all these different disparate systems? And I think that's where it's really important. By the way, I wanted to touch on something. This is related, so try to keep me in my guardrail somewhere. One of your most recent podcasts, you were talking, you made a reference to uh, log data, all the log text yeah. data that gets captured. Um, and that's kind of a treasure, a treasure trove of data not being used. That's where I think things like graph databases and text analytics come into play because it's structured and unstructured data. So you have all these log files sitting there that probably have useful stuff, but we can't get to it unless we can connect it, analyze it, query it, etc. So go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, no, that that makes sense, particularly where there are underlying, if you were trying to understand underlying causal relationships. Right, mm -hmm. like a, a happened and B happened and then C happened, or A was related to B, which was related to C, which shared a common relationship to F. Mm -hmm. Like to me, like troubleshooting and understanding causal relationships, what may otherwise includingly, increasingly be called data observability. Sounds like these are perfect use cases for this, where you are trying to understand patterns. This gets mm -hmm. back to ChatGPT and LLMs, but where you're trying to find patterns in data that wouldn't necessarily be there in a traditional database model. Is that, is right. that correct? And, and that, yeah, and then that, pa that pattern analysis, I think is so important. I mean, you know, probably I mentioned fraud detection briefly, but um, you know, what's called target discovery or drug discovery, depending if you can use the word, the formulary discovery, look at all the, if I, if, if I have treated Doug with this, this medicine, he reacts in a certain way, what other patterns of things are going on? Was Doug recently in a hay fever heavy state or, is he drinking too much coffee or neither of which are true, but it understands those patterns. And now if there's an adverse reaction, maybe you can, you can understand that better. The flip side of that is if you're bringing a new drug to market or making a change to an existing drug, repurposing it, look at all the patterns of interaction that might be happening with this. Is this person having you know, allergies to dog, you know, making things up on the fly here, but that kind of a pattern analysis you, you cannot do in a relational, but right. if you've got all the information for about, you know, uh, drugs, here in this relational database and that one in here, that's good. Now you connect them. And I think one of the things you're asking about also is, that, is this all or none? What we're seeing a lot of is that, you know, companies, they start off with a project around a knowledge graph, but the, the best way to do it from an enterprise standpoint is think, okay, this project then grows into a practice kind of a concept. So it's not just a one-off, you're just solving one problem, which, which you can do, but I think as people are seeing the fact that if I can connect my knowledge graph to everything else and or multiple knowledge graphs, how much more power can I do by having all this data brought together and not just, you know, a one-off solution? So hopefully that's where your, what your, where your question was, that one. Yeah, I think, I think getting back to the kind of these kind of complex like patterns and kind of maybe I shouldn't say causal relationships because these there's, there's no causality that would be inferred here. It's just, it's just inferred correlations, but right. Like 20 years ago, 
um, I, I think, you know, you could figure this stuff out, but you'd be running like reasonably, res you know, expensive uh, regressions in SAS, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and to try to figure this stuff out. And now you can go run the graphs and say, aha, there may be something here that I need to go take a different uh, a look at, or there's, there's a pattern here I didn't know about, or to, to your point about fraud. Um, I mean, I could see a ton of use cases here in, in just loosely the, the digital world where you are trying to do things like understand, you know, buyer behavior or yep. even like website optimization. Like what, what are people clicking on? Or are there patterns that people click on and then, then abandon like a sales process? So, I mean, the use cases here are endless. That's, that's what I see. I mean, I, where, 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 where we're coming from, where we're going for certain verticals to me, this use case, it's horizontal. Anybody I hate to sound like a, a, a quote I used with Scott Taylor's book, actually. Anybody who has data has data problems. Yeah. Uh, but it's true. I, anybody who is using more than one set of data sources to do anything to serve their end customer of some sort could benefit from using knowledge graph. It's really graph technology. And it's like knowledge graph and graph technology are related, but they're the same thing. But anybody who has that need to solve multiple data problems, it fits in. And one of the yeah. ways... One of the ways, by the way, I often explain if I'm really at the very, very high level, I'm really like a CEO or a CMO, is the six degrees of, seven, of, of Kevin Bacon game. Right. Because that's really what this is like. It's using those six degrees of things. And if you have, you know, to your point, you've got a customer going on an e-commerce site, wanted to buy something. Hey, should I suggest this? Nope. They live in Alaska in December. I don't want to suggest flip-flops to them. So you make those relationships. Yeah, recommendation engines is a, is a, a huge use case here, and you know, again, not not new, uh, but the way we kind of approach it is from a data management perspective. I think is well, again, it's not new, but we're seeing gain increased prevalence here, which is which is kind of cool. The, the whole the whole reason why I wanted to have this conversation today is is because you know I used to get a lot of questions uh, when I was a Gartner from from CIOs and CDOs and like, well, hey, what's this graph thing? What should I care? Um, you know, is this going to cost me a lot to, to rip and replace? And the story that I always tell is like, hey, this is a two plus two equals five. And, mm -hmm. and, you, and you probably don't want to rip and replace, not necessarily. So I'm, 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 I'm glad we're on the uh, I'm glad we're on the same page there. When it comes to uh, query, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you'd mentioned query, right? I mean, this, this is a big deal and, and access of the data. Uh, that's a big deal. You know, mm -hmm. historically, it was. SQL, right? And you'd need to know SQL to get a, at, at, at databases, the rows and columns. In, in the graph world, I mean, there's an equivalent, is there not? Then I'm, I'm not technical. What I have understood from the SQL standpoint, if you have to get past, I think, four or five joins, you have to do graph. Otherwise, the, it, the okay. it's not just the ability to query, it's the speed of the query. And graph graph technologies enable the queries to be much, a, one, much, much deeper. So you can go many, 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 many layers but also significantly faster. Whereas you try to do all those kind of queries, you know, multiple level queries on a relational, put the query in, go make a pot of coffee, right. go get some lunch or something, come back. Um, and so you get, you know, better decision-making, you can solve your customer's issues faster, and all the things going to, you know, I mean, supply chain management, right? my, other, my other former world, looking at the ability to look at all these different things that are going on, make those same kind of queries, you know, where is this product in the movement, what's happening to it, et cetera. That's the power. You, you just can't do that same kind of speed and, uh, I guess, flexibility with relational. Right. Well, one of the things, one of the stories that I would tell often when I was at Gartner was around the world of what I would loosely call, you know, unknown knowns. 
right? Like there are known knowns, unknown unknowns. And, and I think that in many ways, um, Hadoop was a little bit of a, a failure because it was the world of the unknown unknowns, right? Yeah. Like you, did, you, did, you didn't know what you were looking for and you didn't know that there would be novel relationships or you didn't know that there would be novel correlations, but you would set upon kind of trying to figuring out the unknown unknowns. And sometimes you would find some really, really cool stuff, but there was nobody in the business that was really kind of asking for it. Or right. you had to go kind of back your way into a use case. You had to back your way into a business case. In, in, in the world of graph, it is, it's, it's an unknown, which is which two things are related. Mm -hmm. But the known is, is that there's, there's a relationship here. We always know that there are relationships, whether it's between people or products or, or, or anything. I mean, the whole world is a complex web of relationships. Mm -hmm. So we know those things, we know those things matter. We just don't know when A is related to B, at least from the perspective of an extremely large data set. And this, this is, to me, this is another, this is another difference, right? Which is, it's pretty logical to assume that you would have customer A related to customer B. Right, and and you could you could you could create a customer table and and try and 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 model when mm -hmm. customer A is related to customer B if you had commonality in a name, for example, right? Like those those are known knowns. But what I think what I think Graph can be particularly useful at is helping you understand where there are those things you didn't actually know about previously. Right. Is it, is it, it? Am I making any sense here at all? No, well, as, as always, but uh, that, okay, that was a, little, a little pandering to the ego. No, I know, and, and I, I remember the known and the unknown part from our, our many conversations ago. I, I think where I would extend that a little bit is the reasoning ability that you get. Because there's two main kinds of of, of graph technologies: property graph and, and RDF, resource description framework. The cool thing I think with the RDF is that ability to do that stuff you didn't know. So you, you know, you put your ontology, your knowledge on top of your, your graph database, you run it through there and it goes and makes all these connections. And then it starts to say, well, you know, Malcolm and Doug talked, Malcolm used to work at this, you know, this analyst firm, Doug used to work yeah. at this company. That and it starts to make that, I, I call it bonus data because Doug likes to make conceptual noises, but you can get like basically 20 to 30% more information than you had because of that inferences, because of that reasoning. That to me is just really slick because now you've got the, unknown knowns that you didn't even know that somebody that the technology is stitching together for you. Hey, did you know these things exist? So it's presenting, it has the potential to present those unknown unknowns. If I use your, yeah. Stitching said like a true marketer. <laughs> that was always one of the, to me, and that was every time I ever heard that word when I was at Gartner stitch, I knew mm -hmm. I was talking to a marketer. Yeah. It, it's 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 interesting. It's it's how it's it's marketers speak for kind of integrate or right. or or aggregate, right? Like bringing two things together is a marketer would use the word stitch. Um, it was the same thing anytime I would get inquiries related to customer data platforms mm -hmm. um, instead of MDM, people would 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 refer to stitching, and I and I knew it was like, oh man. Um, interesting. It, it's 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 a relevant point. Yeah, good. No, no, no. I mean, it's just, it's just like we live in a world of semantics, right? And yeah. and and you're selling this thing that is a semantic graph that that links, yeah, you know, verbal, you know, or written concepts. I mean, you know, communicated concepts together. And it's it just, I just find it kind of, I don't know, ironic's not the right word. I, I don't know. I find it curious that uh, in our world of semantics, we have such a hard time explaining semantics. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, and yeah. I, I've gone through recent inquiries where they're talking more about. You know, this this stuff is being risen, risen, rose, 
seen more by the business audiences with the business leaders. Right. So we've got to find that way to explain it in a fact that doesn't talk about JSONs and SQL joins and now talks about, you know, why you care, what's the impact to your business? What does this do for you? Not that they have to understand intricacies of graph technologies, but why you do it and why you go to your, your CDO and go, can you fix this problem? Great use case. Great use case. Uh, or I, could, I should say, great segue into use cases. Mm -hmm. So from a business value perspective and why you should be doing this. So we talked a little bit about how it can be used to create kind of and, and visualize and understand novel relationships and, and manage and, and structure right. data in a different way that's more flexible and more powerful and da 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 da. I'm a CDO and I'm intrigued. Um, I've been given a mandate to go solve for a digital transformation. Um, and my list of stuff to do is like this long. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe it even includes launching an e-commerce site. Maybe it even includes things like supply chain optimization. I've got a lot of work to do here. I'm a CDO. I'm intrigued. Where should I start? It, it, and I don't know if that answer makes any, that question makes any sense, but but what would you recommend? I, I would first recommend figuring out what is the most prevalent in use cases get you the most exposure. Because if you've got a long list and somebody's giving you a lot of money to do this, they're going to want to present some kind of a early success story to say, look, it's stuff is actually working. Um, and one of the easiest ones might be saying, what are you working on that has an AI or a machine learning component to that? Because, again, that's got the, the hot buzz and everything. Um, and figure out what is the, the first step to take in that journey. Because digital transformation, digital enablement, there's, you know, as you know better than I do, there's zillions of places we could start. My kind of conversations are usually around what is going to get you the biggest bang for the buck. And then ensure whatever you're doing with that is also going to be part of the same foundation that you build for everything yep. else. So, yep. and, and, you know, it's, it's a somewhat generic answer. But to me, we've got to get them going from where do I start to just pick a place that makes the most sense to start. That gives me the ability to pivot and to change from there, use my existing data architecture. If I need to bring in other data technologies, you know, what's this what you do to make this more of a comprehensive approach, but figure out that starting point. Yeah. Whether that is a recommendation engine, whether it's understanding risks in your supply chain, whether it's building a new fraud model for a bank. I mean, the, the list here is very, very long. Right. I think that to me, those are the like the overt business value use mm -hmm. cases. Totally agree. You should be focusing there. But you also talked about building a foundation. Um, and this is a great dovetail into uh, the most recent version of our podcast. But the recent episode we just published was me talking about the data fabric. Mm -hmm. And there's there's absolutely a connection here because you talked about metadata. And at least according to Gartner, I think that there are more approachable ways to describe the data fabric. And, and hopefully the most recent episode of this podcast does that. And hopefully you've already watched it or listened to it. And thank you if you did. Um, but where I talk about how, you know, what Gartner calls metadata activation is, mm -hmm. is in essence, not exclusively, but in essence is running graphs against data to understand where these complex relationships mm -hmm. exist. So to the point about kind of, you know, starting on a kind of high profile use case, we talk about those, but then actually getting into foundational stuff, data fabric, literally Doug, in the space of two months, I've gone from, eh, maybe, yeah, this mm -hmm. is interesting. It, it's there, there's there's a there, there, there's some, there, there's, this is cool, but we're like seven to 10 years away from mainstream. In the span of two months, 
I think we've gone from seven to 10 years from main, mainstream to like maybe two. Wow. Right. Be, 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 because of what we've seen with ChatGPT, this is just my, right. this is just my perception. The story that I'm telling, and I think your technology and other technologies like it will be, we could say maybe the beating heart of some of these solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, the story that I've been telling is, is if OpenAI, granted, well-funded by Microsoft and people with really deep pockets, so that aside, um, if they can use the entire internet as a training set, right? The entire internet as a training set, companies could certainly be using their entire data estate as a tra- as a training yeah. set, right? Like where you could be asking questions of your own data, hey, what's the best integration pattern? Right or what? 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 What should my data quality standards be to guarantee eighty percent accuracy on customer data? I would argue that's that will be in, that future will be enabled not entirely but partially by these large scale graphs. So mm-hmm. when it comes to AI, I mean, have you guys been having meetings recently about you know what's what's our AI kind of war plan here? Because this is what everybody company I'm talking to these days is having them. No, yeah, remember right. we're, we're a company founded by engineers. These 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 people these people who just love to think and they dive straight into it. We actually had an ongoing project to connect our knowledge graph to our own internal data sets, so we can do that kind of querying, which is pretty neat. Uh, in in Bulgaria, where the company's founded, we call that eating our own dog food. So we're using our own tool to do what we should be doing for our we're, we're doing for our clients as well. But it was interesting. But as soon as as soon as we actually before GP Chat GPT got kind of the the, the big buzz. We had people behind the scenes working on APIs to say, oh, how do we connect that into our systems? How do we do this? And the results I've seen come back, it, it's, again, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not out of a job yet because it's really, it, and they're looking at it from, you know, how do you ask them the right questions to get the right messaging back? But it's, and I used to the same thing when we talk about it. It's impressive. I mean, it, it better than I, than I expected. I know you had the, the queries where you asked questions and came back with answers like you would provide as well. Um, but looking at it from a company standpoint, I think one of the also to your point about data fabrics and we can stitch them together. So I had to use the term again. Stitch, there you go. Uh, yep. um, is the is the individual one? So we're making your data. Fa- you know, you now you can use instead of querying the entire internet. Exactly. Let's just query and make it private. Don't run into some of the challenges people people have given. Like you know, my code away to Chat GPT just pointed at my stuff or pointed at your company stuff. I think I agree. That's it, it takes the mindset of SharePoint. And puts it on not even steroids, steroid supercharger turbo. Of now, I can find anything I needed to find anytime just by asking a question. SharePoint plus Google plus added goodness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like it. It's 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 all of the added goodness. Very technical term here <laughs> on CDO Matters. Um, but it's I think it's I think it's all of the things that kind of original thoughts around intranets would actually mm-hmm. be. Right. And now, and now I think it actually could be right. Like where where you would have inst- immediate instant access to every email and every not just every email or every word document. I mean, every, every you know, insights gleaned off of log files right. or customer service interactions or successful deliveries of your your goods. I mean, the, the list here is just right. in- incredibly long. But like, again, I don't think anybody would have thought I wouldn't have thought. A year ago, that that we'd be having this conversation right now, but I think I think that's I think that's really kind of where we are because the innovation here is happening at blazing speed. So, 
Yeah. It's it's good to hear that you're talking about this. I, I didn't know that eating your own dog food was a uniquely Bulgarian uh, <laughs> phrase, yeah. um, but yeah. That's what I've been told. Yeah, you know, you know, they they got a lot of lot of cultural pride, which is awesome. But I, I want to want to touch back on the supply that you mentioned the supply chain delivery thing. Just yeah, I think sometimes talking about use cases is going to be be another way to talk about this. And imagine I'm a you know high end retailer. I'm going to send you a brand new I don't know camera because uh, I know you like cameras. You like taking photography. I, uh, I and I could do if I had a good system, I could do a quick. There, oh, that's beautiful. I'm a Nikon guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, Nikon, I should say. Sorry, go ahead. It's like it's like Porsche, Porsche. I want to send you the brand new brand new camera, and it's really expensive. And I want to find out how often is Mister Hawker home when he has deliveries in the month of June. Okay, which doesn't sound like it's that difficult of a question, but now you've got to bring in June. You have to bring in you know the fact that the driver entered the information into text, you know, handed the, the package off to Mister Hawker, etc. Now you start. That's just a simple example, but now I've got the confidence I can ship that to you, and you're going to get it and not lose it. So I'm out more money. And that's just one of the many ways you can look at it from a supply chain, a supply chain and e-commerce perspective, and fraud prevention. And it says, well, that one is is a great example because it's borderline creepy, <laughs> right? But but it, it's a great example because it's also like on one half of the of, of the of the creep spectrum, it's. Okay, wait a minute. They're, they know when I'm home and I'm not home. The other half yeah. is, wow, that's customer centric. They know they they that that it just shows up when I'm there, and I don't have to. I mean, go to the go to the FedEx depot to go pick it up or right. whatever, or or have stuff sent back. I mean, I travel a lot for work. That happens all the time when stuff gets sent back and it's being held. I mean, like mm -hmm. so. That, that's a, that's a really really great example to show um, some of the power of some of the things we could do here. But you know, obviously, I have to figure that one out because. Yeah. Um, Probably a better way to kind of market that that one. Yeah, probably no, less Uncle Creepy and more customer. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, it's it's it is really really exciting. It's equally scary as well. I mean, I don't know if you're following a lot of conversations online, but uh, it's like it, it, at least you know people my age are like, wow, this is amazing. This is transformational, and holy cow, this is also really scary. But yeah, that's the that's the AI thing. I think it'll be some time before everybody kind of figures it out, figures it all out. But uh, well, we grew up watching Skynet and Terminator, so you know you, you start to wonder. Well, yeah, um, I've been watching a couple um, interviews recently with with Elon Musk, um, who probably is is having a good stiff drink give, right now, given his rocket just yeah. exploded um, uh, down in Texas. But where like you'd think that he'd be like the last guy talking about AI regulation and he's openly out there talking about the need for AI regulation, whatever that mm -hmm. even means. I, I, right. I, I don't, I don't even know, but like, like, wow. Cause some of the things he said, it's like, you know, we're getting, we're fast approaching to the point where we think we're manipulating the machines, but it could actually be otherwise like yeah. now. Yeah. That, that was my, my point is, you know, what happens when AI starts to talk back about us? Or th this actually happened. Um, I don't know if you recall this happened. This happened like two to three years ago where they start talking back to us, but in a language that they've invented that is more effective than English. Ooh. Right. This actually, this actually happened. I, I want to say it happened at Google where, where, they, where somebody had written an, an AI protocol to speed up the productivity of something, right? But, but between these two systems and what they ended up doing was creating an entirely new language that we, we, we couldn't even understand. So, th so they created their own language because it was way more efficient than English because they figured that's, out that there were limitations in communicating in English. And they, they, 
Yeah, but the computers had completely completed, like they had built their own language in essence, and we didn't even know it. Well, we figured it out, but like, like that's the kind of stuff we're talking about here, which is has nothing to do with graph, but it's 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 topical. So we should we should probably end on that note. Doug Kimball, yep. thank you so yeah. much for being thank here today. It's been our pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, so for everybody listening or watching uh, from around the world, thank you so much for catching another episode of CDO Matters. And we look forward to seeing you on another one very soon. Thanks, all.